We need a God who does great things, don't we? Man, there are all sorts of things going on that, that I, I, quite frankly, I don't understand. I, I've tried to understand, and, and the Lord said, the only thing you need to understand fully is me and just what I'm sharing with you. If you'll follow me and you'll, you'll walk with me, uh, all the other things will continue on, but you'll experience my life. And that's what I want. I truly want that. Because in, in, in this world, this is, this is not the way God planned it. Sometimes we've got to remind ourselves, this is not the way God planned it. Sin came into the world because man made a choice to depart from God, to go and do whatever it was that he thought was going to be better than what God had directed him to do. How silly. Uh, sometimes we are that silly too. Uh, we think that there's something better than what God has, and there is never anything better than what God has. Uh, God gave his son, Jesus came, that we would have life and life more abundant in a fallen world. So we're in this world, but we're not of this world, and so as long as we continue to connect and, and, and follow and, and be guided and guarded and governed by God, we can experience this abundant life, this best life. Uh, but, you know, in what we've experienced, we're, we're right now at a year point of when everything started to shut down. It's amazing. I remember last year I had been up in Chicago, um, <clears throat> our oldest son and youngest son, our two sons, <laughs> had met in Chicago. Uh, they were both working in, in Chicago at that time uh, sporadically. And they said, Dad, why don't you come up and spend some time with us? So I was able to fly up, spend some time with them, and uh, realize things were changing very rapidly. Uh, got on a flight to get home, went to the last, the last Bulls live game and got on a flight the next day to get home, got home. Debbie was going to do the service. Last year, uh, the 15th was a Sunday, and Debbie had said, you know, I'll, I'll take the service so you can come home and just relax and, and enjoy the service, and, and that's when I felt like God had given me a word. It wasn't something I had spent a lot of time on, and that word was faith, fear, or foolishness. And, you know, we need to know. We need to know when we're walking in faith, when we're walking or trying to be directed by fear, or when we're just choosing foolishness. And we've been learning about how we can be guided through this world that's ever-changing. You know, people say, well, I, I want it to be what it was. When was it ever what it was? Seriously. We keep progressing Things keep changing, and we shouldn't be looking back like Israel did to Egypt. Yikes. Okay, we're getting into it real quick. Um, because the best is yet to come. God has a future for you. God has a future for everybody, which is for good, and it's full of hope. So why would we ever look back? I just want to tell you... Uh, at 66 years old, the good old days weren't as good as I remember them. <laughs> so I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead to what God has and, and, and walking in the best that he has for us because the best is yet to come. But if we're looking back, we're going to trip over the future. 
And God wants us to walk confidently into the future, knowing no matter what we see on the horizon, no matter what we hear is going on, we don't have to fear because he's with us and for us, and he's going to cause us to overcome in all these things. But, big but, but we have to choose to trust him, to rely on him, to follow him, so that he can have his way in our lives. And when he does, we begin to experience that overflowing abundant life, that, that the blessings of God come on us. Now, this isn't a life without obstacles or opposition. There are going to be troubles. Jesus promised us that. It's not in all of our promise boxes, but it's still there. Uh, that We're going to have troubles, but he said, be a good cheer because I've overcome the world. Whatever, whatever you face, Jesus has already overcome it, and he's going to lead you in the victory if you and I choose to follow him. And that's why we've been learning about how important it is to have the best guide in life. And we, we began looking at this from the, uh, the scripture in Psalm 32, verse 8, where um, in a New Living Translation, I, and I really like this because it just really points out some great things. The Lord said, I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. If God promises to guide you along the best pathway for life, why would we ever choose anything else? Because we're deceived. And we know where there's deception, there's loss. And the only one behind that deception is the enemy. And he's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. So God has this pathway he's going to lead you on that's going to be the best pathway for your life. Not without obstacles or opposition. And the enemy's trying to pull you off that pathway with temptations, tests, uh, trials, tribulations that, that will cause us to veer off. I don't want to stay on this. This is too hard. If you think the path that God has for you is too hard, what do you think it's going to be like when you get off the path? You know, it's just like driving a car. If you go out into the, the back country here and you decide you want to get off the road and you do some off-roading, even if you've got the best four-wheel drive, you're going to hit stuff that is not going to be easy. So stay on the road. Stay on God's path. you got to choose to do that. It's not autopilot. You know, I heard a, a story about a man who had bought an RV. True story. And, uh, and <laughs> he got out on the road and was a little hungry and put on cruise control and got up and walked back to make a sandwich. Needless to say, he needed to, uh, to get another RV. Folks, you, you can't put it on autopilot. It doesn't work. We, we need to be intentional in following God. And, and so he'll guide us in the best pathway for your life. And then it says, I will advise you and watch over you. This is a promise for God. God said he'll advise you. When, when he says, I'm going to advise you, he's going to give you insight, understanding, wisdom, discernment, all sorts of things that we need to be able to navigate in this life. But how many of you know that, that when somebody advises you, that's all it is. They can't force you and God won't force you to take the information, the, the understanding, the wisdom, the discernment and apply it. You have to do that. You know, all, all advice is not equal. Can we agree on that? You know, I was... I was reading about some advice that was, was given 
by different people. And I remembered, I was remembering some advice I got as a little kid uh, when I lived on Roser Terrace from a neighbor kid. Now, we're not smart, but this little guy was smart. This information has served me so well all my years. This little boy, we were walking around together and he said, hey, see that yellow snow? Don't eat the yellow snow. Great advice. I've heeded it. But there was a grandpa that gave advice to his grandson. They, were, they had lived back out in the woods, and, and uh, the grandpa said, if you run into a bear and you can't run away from it, hug it. Serious, this was information a grandpa gave to a grandson. I don't know what happened to his son if he gave the same information. But he's talking to his grandson, and he says, don't run, hug the bear. And the grandson said, Grandpa, how come, why should I hug the bear? He said, because bears can't scratch their tummies. I don't know. I don't want to find out. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true. It could very well be true. I don't want to find out. There was also a, a, a dad that had been uh, growing hot peppers. These are true stories. Listen, I just, I just read them and I share them. Uh, dad that was growing hot peppers, and uh, he was trying to determine how he could dry these quicker. And he talked to a neighbor friend who was an Amish person, and, and she said, well, why don't you put them in the microwave to dry them a little quicker? Which he went home, he put them in the microwave, and immediately this acrid, just burning cloud filled their kitchen. They left and went outside, cleaned out the, uh, the cloud, and <clears throat> they sat down and they thought, you know, why should I ever listen to an Amish person telling me to use a microwave because they don't use electric appliances? <laughs> that would have been good to think about before they did what they were told by somebody who didn't know what they were talking about. But how many times does that happen to us? How many times do we get advice or guidance or... Uh, instruction from somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about you know people are very convincing they, they sometimes I've run into people <laughs> that have sounded so knowledgeable only to find out they didn't know what they were talking about and I've been one of those at times uh, I, I thought I knew what I was talking about and I didn't but there's somebody that is never wrong and that's God and we learned we learned from the scriptures in, in the gospel of John how uh, God would send his spirit the spirit of truth who would guide us into all truth he's going to be the guide he's also in John chapter 14 he's called the helper the one who comes alongside to help uphold elevate and assist us um, God was so good that he didn't leave us alone and just leave us a map. He gave us himself in the person of Holy Spirit. And 
that he would guide us. And as I was, I was sitting this week and thinking about this and, and where I've, I've been guided, where I've seen guides guide people. And I was reminded, Debbie and I lived in Colorado for a number of years. And I was able to go up. Debbie and I would go up together, but more me than her would go up and ski on a regular basis. And one of the things I had never, ever seen before, we had lived in California and skied, uh, and I hadn't seen it until we got to Colorado. And that was one day I was going down a, a run. It, it wasn't the most difficult. It wasn't the easiest, but it was, it was one that would challenge me, and I saw other people being challenged. And I stopped to kind of get the lay of the land, determine how I was going to go. Because I wasn't that great, so I needed to get some, some idea. And I heard from behind me, on your right, and <laughs> the skier went past me, but he had this huge, big orange vest. And right behind him was another one that had another orange vest that had guide on the back of it. And I'm hearing, and I'm watching this guy, and I find out that this is a blind skier. And I'm telling you, this guy was cooking. He was moving. He blew by me. His guide behind him blew by me. And I'm just watching because I'm a sighted person. I need to determine how I'm going to go. And here's a person that doesn't have that sense of sight. And they have somebody that they have such trust in calling out turns. And, and it was incredible to me. I just watched. I just stood there and watched. And I thought, my gosh, this is amazing. Later on in the day, I, was, I ran into them at a lift. And I said to them, do you mind if I ask you a question? And they both were great. They said, no. They're laughing and having a great time. And, and uh, I said, how long have you been doing this? And they said, we've been skiing together for seven years. And then they went on to explain to me how the whole process began, how, how the guide was, was, had to learn what the competence was of the skier and how the skier had to trust the guide. The guide had to know how quickly the skier could respond. And so they have been doing this for seven years, and it was absolutely phenomenal. This guy was an amazing skier, and the guide was amazing in his instruction. Not too much, not too little, just enough. And I asked them, can I ski along with you for a while? I couldn't keep up. And I thought about that just this week again, thinking that's exactly what God has for us. Compared to God, we're blind. We can't see, but there's nothing hidden to him. And he wants to come alongside us and guide us through things we can't see, we don't understand, we can't comprehend, but he knows it completely and he's going to take us. And of course, he knows we need to go in. And that's why we've been learning about this. Because truth is, when you read your Bible, you're going to find that, that the days we live in, what the Bible tells us about these days is it's not going to get easier it's not going to get uh, brighter. It, it's going to get more difficult. 
And that's not anything that should scare us because we don't have to worry about what comes because the one who is with us is greater than whatever we face. Not only is he with us, he lives in us. And he, he can be our guide if we choose to let him guide, but if he gives us advice, we need to heed it. What would have happened with the blind skier if he wasn't sure about trusting the guide that was guiding him and he decided not to do what the, the guide told him to do? Well, there'd be a price to pay. There had to be a, a development of trust between the skier and the guide where when the guide spoke, the skier knew, this, this guide I can trust. He's not going to run me into a tree. He's not going to take me off a jump unless he lets me know ahead of time. And I need to be obedient immediately. If a human being can trust a human being that way, why can we not trust a perfect God? It's because we don't believe or we don't know. When we come to know God has the best for us and we really believe that, not just information, but real, really built into our hearts that we know when God directs us, it's always for good. It's always for the best. Then we'll never balk at whatever God directs us to do, whether it's through his word or by his spirit. And so we've been, we've been learning about this, how the guide, the helper, uh, helps us know. And we've looked at three things up to this point that, that the guide, the Holy Spirit, the helper helps us know. He helps us know what we need to know because we don't know everything. There are moments in time we need to know something that's beyond our ability, our, our comprehension. And Holy Spirit can give us what we need in that moment. We need to know and Holy Spirit helps us know where we need to go. You know, there, there are people that God has intended for your life to intersect. For you to come across their path and them to come across your path so that you can be that witness that God has for you and me to be. To impact. There are people that need encouragement. God's going to direct you to those people. And, and we need to be guided by him to know where we need to go. And then when we get there, we need to know what we need to say. Now, today we're going to look at the fourth thing that we need to know. Now, I, I'm, I'm saying the fourth thing, and, and I want you to realize that there is unlimited amount of things that we need to know. But I want you to realize that no matter what it is, Holy Spirit, the guide, the helper, is there to help you know. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit helping us know how and what we need to pray. You know, the Bible tells us that, that prayer, prayer is supposed to be an every moment part of our life. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. And Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. Prayer is so important in our lives, and yet so many times we see our lack of dependence on God revealed in our prayerlessness. We, we think we can handle it until things get over our head, and all of a sudden we do one of those flare prayers. God! We shoot up a flare to God like he doesn't know where we are because he's right there in us. But we have our perceptions. 
and we tell them unknown information, <laughs> sometimes we go into such detail, and God's like, and? God knows. But we've got to know that he has a, a, a solution for us. He has help for us. And we think, uh, I, let, I tell you what, just bow your heads for a second. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your presence. And we thank you for your plan and your power and your provision. But Father, we, we recognize it's available, but we want to receive it right now. We ask you to speak to our hearts and our lives that we would, we would know you more, more fully so we would trust you more completely. Father, we thank you for your word that is life and health to those who find it, your word that's truth that sets us free, free, free from fear and anxiety because we know that you're with us and for us. Father, we know that your word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. Today, speak to us through your word and by your spirit. Father, I ask you to use me to speak to your, your church, the bride, your bride, to help us grow and be who you have for us to be and do what you have for us to do. And Father, I thank you for the word that you have for each one of us that we can take and hide in our heart that we would not get off the path, that we wouldn't sin against you, but we would stay on course and on track and see your goodness and your glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? What I was about to share is in Proverbs in two places, the Bible tells us that there's a way that seems right to us, but whose end is the way of death. That's in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, and chapter 16, verse 25. Two times in the book of wisdom, we're told there is a way that seems right, but it's really the way of death. And so we, we can't trust us, but we can trust God. We can trust God all the time. And we need to trust God, especially when we pray. Get guidance from God. Get direction from God. Get help from God. Because James, James tells us in chapter 4, verse 3 in the CEV, it says this. Even when you do pray, your prayers are not answered because. Now, some of you, this is why you came. <laughs> I've, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and they've not been answered. Listen, God loves us so much, he's not always going to give us what we want. Just like a parent wouldn't always give a child what they want. Because sometimes a child, in their lack of maturity, is going to ask for something that isn't beneficial. And folks, we're all growing up. We're, we're becoming mature, but we haven't arrived. And so we ask, and just like a child sometimes, it says, because you pray just for selfish reasons. Now, a lot of times, our initial motivation for what we're praying about is selfish, but it should never stay there. Is praying and, and believing for a healing selfish? No, it doesn't have to be. But the question is this, when you pray and believe, or I pray and believe for a healing, what am I going to do once I'm healed? 
you know, the, I, I have to answer that question. You have to answer that question. Am I going to receive my healing and step more fully into what God has for me to do? Or am I going to use the newfound health and strength in life to do what I want to do? You know, there are people that pray, and I've watched this, pray for, and, and have come and said, would you pray with me that I would have a new job? Sure. I believe God, God, number one, God wants you to be able to work. And, and he wants you to be blessed and be a blessing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll pray. And believing God with people and seeing them get a job that they, they said, this is God. God. I know God had to have given me this job. But see, that job then become the focus of their attention and their devotion and pull them away from God. Now look, there's nothing, nothing in itself. Well, I say that. There are some things. Most things in themselves are not evil. But if we make them a priority, they become an idol. And it draws us away. That's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Because then they won't distract you. If we're going after them, they're a distraction, they're an idol, and they'll pull us away. And so even when we pray, we've got, we've got to be guided by God. Because if we're not, if we're not guided by Holy Spirit in our, our prayers, then we could just be praying selfish things just, just for us, just to satisfy us. And that's as far as that goes. But everything we pray for should have an end, which is glorifying God. God having his way. Hello? Okay. And, and so it's, it's important that we realize that. Another thing, and this is just kind of just a little sidebar, and that is prayer is always directed to God, the Father, in Jesus' name. Jesus said, pray to the Father in my name. But it's not to direct God. There's a huge difference. Directed to God or trying to direct God. We don't need to direct God. God knows what's best. God will do what's best if we'll just allow him to do it. Hello? So, selfish reasons. The voice translation says it this way. When you do ask, you still don't get what you want because your motives are all wrong because you continually focus on self-indulgence. I... I I read this years ago and I realized my prayer life wasn't what it was supposed to be because a lot of it was just about me. And if I know that he loves me and he said he'd take care of me, yeah, I can ask and I should ask. But once I ask, I just need to thank him for it. That's another teaching. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, in the New, uh, New King James and the Message Translation, this is what it says. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Uh, that's a word, word that means frailties, powerlessness. Um, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, that, that sounds like, well, if they can't be uttered, how can they be heard? It says groanings. And, and when you look into this and you study this out, um, well, in the message translation, this is what it says. 
Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, anybody been there? Just get tired in waiting? Yeah. Uh, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of wordless sighs or our aching groanings. Now, this is a little closer to what the definition of, of what it says in the original translation, but it's talking randomly with sounds too profound for words. So it's talking, but it's too profound for words. So it's more sounds, and, and words are what we understand. When I go to a foreign country, I know they're speaking words, but they aren't words to me. Does that make sense? Because I don't understand them, but they do. And this is where it, it's really speaking about praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. And so we need to, we need to realize this. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, the Apostle Paul, did, did God use the Apostle Paul? Man, I look at, at how impacting Paul's life has been because he allowed God to have his way. And Paul's life and writings still impact us. And so here's what he says. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. And this, this, this comes down to when, when we're guided by Holy Spirit and we, we pray in that prayer language that the Bible tells us we can have. It's what we see on the day of Pentecost. And, and it's, we see it throughout the book of Acts. In various places, people were filled with the Spirit and then began to speak with other tongues. And so in this situation, it says, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. So there's a guidance by Holy Spirit to our spirit, and we begin to pray as the Spirit guides us with words that can't be articulated but I don't understand what I'm saying. And I think this is one of the big issues for a lot of people, and it was for me. I, I love God. And I, I have wanted to have God's will in my life. And I've not always allowed him to have it. But I have always said to God, I want everything you have for me. Because I know I need everything you have for me. And I, I grew up in this town, and I went to First Presbyterian Church. I learned a lot of things in the basement over there uh, in my Sunday school class, and I appreciated the people that taught me. But there were some things I never learned. I was never taught. And, and went through my life into my adult life and ended up going to a Presbyterian church in, in Mississippi and realizing that there was something that I had never heard in church but was in the Bible. And it was about being filled with the Spirit, about praying in a prayer language the Spirit gives. And my parents got filled with the Spirit here. Debbie and I were going to get them out of the cult that got them into that. No joke. We, we were determined we were going to get them out of the deception that they had fallen prey to. And to their credit, they said, you know what, we know, that, we know where you've been. We know what you were raised in. We took you. 
but this is in the Bible. Read it for yourself. As Debbie and I began to read and study and, and take time, we realized we believed this was something that God had for us today that we needed desperately for a variety of reasons. But it was something that, that we see God using the Apostle Paul who was saying, this is what I do. And I wanted desperately to be, be available to God and be empowered by God and be used by God for all that he had for me. And so I see this, and I see that it, it says, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. And that was a big issue for me. I didn't understand it. And, and you know, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with your whole heart, lean not to your own understanding. But I'm telling you, in my life, my understanding was a big hurdle to believing God. I would have said, I, yes, I believe, I have faith. But most of the time, my faith was limited to what I could understand. Which meant I was very restricted in what I could believe. And I was limiting God. And I got to the place where I said, all right, I don't care. I don't care if I understand it or not. If it says it, I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to receive it, and I'm going to walk in it. And on Christmas Eve, <laughs> up on Beach Street here in Rome, one year we had come for Christmas to be with my parents, and I got filled with the Spirit. A man by the name of Peter Puglio prayed for me, laid hands on me, and I was wonderfully filled with the Spirit. And it freaked me out. And it caused me to question. And I struggled with it for years. Now, it's, it's, it's something that's long behind me as far as when it happened. But it's still happening, and I'm not struggling the way I did. But our understanding. There are so many things you and I do that we don't understand. We just do them because we believe. Most of you sitting here, you don't understand how your car works, and yet you use it. You don't understand how a microwave works, yet you use it. You just follow the guidance that you're given. And you do what you're told to do because somebody smarter than you knows this. And God's smarter than all of us put together. And this is what he said. This is what his word says. In Romans chapter 8, verse 27, it says this. The Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. Now, when we pray, one of the things that I, I became very, very, very aware of as, as I continued to walk with God and, and made myself available for him to use in other people's lives was people would ask me to pray. Would you pray? Okay, what do you, what do you believe in God for? This is what I'm believing for. Okay, and, and I would I want to make sure that it was scripturally founded. Okay, it's in the Word. I can, I can agree with you on what the Word of God says because that's where our, agree, our agreement is. It isn't my agreement with you. It's our agreement with God. That's where the power is. When we come together and we pray in agreement with God, His Word, God watches over His Word to perform it. 
And so that was, that was a step in my life. But there were times where I would get calls and they'd say, pray. Click. What for? I today get calls from people that say, would you pray? And, and uh, this is going on. Okay, I know what's going on. Now I need to believe for what God has said would happen. And I'm honestly, I'm just not that smart. None of us are. To always know how God's going to choose to work this out. I know God's a healer, but how's he going to do it? Is he going to do it by a miracle? Is he going to do it through a doctor? Is he going to do it through holistic medicine? Is he going to do it through medications or technology? How's he going to do it? Well, I don't know. But he does. And so if I'm going to pray the perfect will of God, I've got to pray directed by God and pray in the Spirit. And this says, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. I, when I found this and I, I read this and I, I just started to, to digest this, I realized this is something that I have needed for so long. I need to be always praying in the will of God, according to God's will, because it's too easy for us to pray our own will. Absolutely sincere, but sincerely wrong. Now, if I'm causing you to have a little step back moment, now, when I say that, this is what I mean. When, when you hear something and you just want to step back from it because you're not sure that's really true. I, I, I say that and I hope you do have that moment where you recognize maybe, maybe I'm doing more praying my will than God's will. Even Jesus in the garden, he told God what he wanted and yet he said, not my will be done, your will be done. And then he went to the cross. Now, that can't look to any of us like that's God's will because it looks too painful, too difficult. But sometimes God takes us through some challenging things. Doesn't put sickness on us. But will take us through some very challenging things for the benefit of others. Jesus went to the cross for who? Us. Did he go for himself? No. And there are things... <laughs> please, 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 if you don't get anything else... Please take this and pray and study the Bible and see how many people went through some very challenging things for the benefit of other people. And if Jesus went through it and we see other people go through it, again, not sickness. I'm, I'm talking about challenging situations. I... I for me, I see it so clearly in my life. I see this accident that I went through. It was not God, but God used it. I went through it because a lady made some choices that she was free to make. And I was the one that ended up with some results of her choices. And they weren't what God intended, but God used it. Does that, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I hope you do. Because there are going to be things that, that you're going to navigate through. God's going to be right there. And we've got to be able to pray God's perfect will. And if I had prayed God's perfect will, knowing what was going to go on that day, I would have, I, I thinking this is it, will not be an accident. But there were people that I was able to reach and touch. Not that God did it, but God used it. 
in a way that I never could have imagined or dreamed. And so the Spirit pleads for us in harmony with God's will. When we pray in the Spirit, we're praying the perfect will of God. When I have people, I had somebody call me and tell me about a situation. They were in the hospital and they said, you need to pray. And Debbie and I prayed, and we didn't, all we could do was pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. And as time went on, God began to give us some things to pray out with our understanding. And, and we saw God miraculously do things that we were just absolutely astounded by. The, the Passion Translation says, pray in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. The new... Uh, living version says holy spirit prays for those who belong to christ the way god wants him to pray in first corinthians chapter 14 verse 15 in the new living translation it says this is what paul said then we'll, what will i do remember remember verse verse 14 he said i pray in tongues uh, my spirit prays but i don't understand what i'm saying so he says then what shall i do and this is what he says he says i will how many of you know that's a decision? I will. I will pray in words I understand. I pray in the Spirit, and I will pray with, in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. So when you pray in words you understand, there's a mechanical part of that that you have to do. If you and I don't do it, it doesn't happen. And one of the things that challenged me with, with being guided by Holy Spirit in prayer, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, was I was erroneously convinced that Holy Spirit would come in and just grab me and almost like a puppet, move my mouth and make me talk. I know, it's, it's, it's silly. But that's what I was expecting. And guess what happened? Nothing, nothing, nothing happened. Just like we've learned that, that the helper, the guide, will cause us to know what we need to know. But there's a receiving of what God is giving. When we need to know something, we have to receive. We have to recognize and receive the information God's giving us and then choose to act on that. He causes us to know where we need to go. Again, there's God's part. He reveals to us where we need to go, but does God work our legs and, and get us walking down to wherever we need to go? No, we, we have that part. This is a partnership with God. We have that part to interact and do our part while God does his part. And, and we, we need to know what we need to say. Again, same, same situation. God's not working my mouth. He reveals what I need to say, and then I, as his partner, one who is working in harmony with him, I have to choose to say what he's directing me to say. And all of it is by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. You got to believe it before you see it. 
And faith without works is dead. If we believe it, there's an action that corresponds to it. So he says, I'll pray in the Spirit. I'll pray in, in words I understand. I'll sing in the Spirit. I'll sing in words I understand. So I'm going to choose to speak out in these groanings that can't be uttered, can't be articulated words that, that aren't really discernible to us. But remember, we're praying the perfect will of God. We're praying, praying these mysteries to us, but completely understood by God. Who would you rather have understand your prayers, people or God? I know it's, it's a completely um, crazy question to ask. But we want God to understand our prayers because God's the one that answers prayer. And that's where when we pray this. And, and this, this, this topic, this guidance by Holy Spirit, Praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, praying with your understanding is a huge hot button in the body of Christ. It's a real dividing line. And I want you to know right now that, that being baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, is not about salvation. All right? It's, it's the thing we have to unite over is not whether people pray in tongues or not. It's whether Jesus is their Lord or not. We need to be able to be united with people that believe that salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. There's only one name that men shall be saved by, and it's the name of Jesus. The tongues, you know, <laughs> it's a choice. It's a choice. I didn't choose it because I didn't believe it for many years. Then I started to study for myself, not just believe what I heard and what I didn't hear. And I've experienced this. And I will tell you, my life changed radically when this happened in a variety of ways. One, I had a hunger for the Word of God like never before. Number two, I had a desire to reach people, to impact people in some way, shape, or form, to be a witness. It's, it's, it's not left. It's something that the Apostle Paul said, I'm going to do this. I choose to do this. If I say, well, I don't agree, I don't believe it. And Paul says, so I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray with words I understand. I'm saying, I'll take half of what Paul has. Is that accurate? And I don't want half. I want all. I, if, if Paul needed it, I need it. If Paul needed it to reach the people God had for him to reach and do what God had for him to do and be what God had for him to be, who am I to say I only need half of what Paul has. And I'm saying this to you today, believing with everything in me, this is the message for us about being guided by the Spirit of God. Because God wants to do a great work. 
in us and then through us. And we need everything God has for us to have, to be who he has for us to be and do what he has for us to do in these days. There's a revival that's happening. It's not coming, it's come. It is happening. People are getting saved all over. In the Muslim countries, I've heard from um, Jason Law. I talked with him just recently. And he was telling me about the revival of, among the Muslim people. people. They're getting saved. But how many of you know you're not going to hear that on the news? The miracles that are occurring are unprecedented. Remember where Jesus went to his own hometown and he could only heal a few sick people. He couldn't do the miracles. Do you remember why that was? Because they didn't believe him. Because they didn't receive him for who he was. That's, isn't that Joseph's kid? That sin and familiarity. And in some cases, I, 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 this is my opinion, okay? So don't take this for anything. But my opinion is we become so familiar with God, with his word, with his ways, that we've just really not, we're not believing. We're not stretching. We're not, not expecting the way God wants us to. And... That's why we're learning about this. How to be guided. To know what we need to know. To know where we need to go. To know what we need to say. And to know how and what to pray. Because we need to be in line with God. We need to be tracking with God. We need to be guided and governed and guarded by God. Just like Jesus was. I always do those things that please the Father. The only way that happens is by the Spirit. There's some other benefits to this. Not just praying God's perfect will. If that was it, that would be enough. Wouldn't you want to be assured you pray God's perfect will the next time you pray for somebody? I'm telling you, I want you to pray for me God's perfect will. Not pray your will or my will, but his will. Amen. And so we can pray the word of God, but we need to pray in the spirit too. Another benefit in Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter, verse 20 and 21, it says this. But you, dear friends, carefully build yourself up in this most holy faith by. So we've got to build ourselves. We all know we need to be built up. You know, we need to be built up. We need to be building our faith up. And it says by praying how in the Holy Spirit I didn't write this I didn't write any of this I'm sharing with you from the word of God we're going to either choose to believe it and receive it and walk in it or choose not to believe it not receive it not walk in it now it's not going to anger God God's not going to be angry at anybody if they don't 
it's going to hurt his heart, just like it would hurt any of us if we had something of benefit to give somebody we love and they chose not to receive it. It would be hurtful, but it wouldn't anger us. We'd, we'd be... And I, I, I believe that's God's heart. By praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right in the center of God's love, this is the unending, the real life. Staying right in the center of God's love. Folks, there is nothing more needed in our world today than for people to see other people walking in, not love, in the love of God. Because the love of the world is flawed, frailed, and fragile. The love of God never ends because God never ends. God is love. And that's where when you and I pray in the Spirit, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Anybody need a little faith boost, a little building besides me? I'll pick up three. <laughs> and keeping us in the love of God? What about the next time you run into somebody that's not so loving? Man, that's why we pray and pray and pray in the Spirit. I've run out of time, but I'm going to share two more things with you real quickly. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus is, is telling his disciples, teaching his disciples, he said, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open to you. And he goes on to say, um, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, to him who knocks it'll be open. If a son asks for bread from a father among you, Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, we're, we're, we're evil in comparison to God. God is good all the time. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. And he's willing to give us the Spirit of God. Now, the Spirit of God comes to reside in us when Jesus is Lord. But for us to be filled, we ask. We ask to be filled. And, and so it's important that we realize. How many of you know you leak? Right? Leak information. Leak all sorts of things. But we leak spiritually, too. You know, and especially if we're giving out. If you're giving out of what God's given you, then you need to replenish it. And this is how it happens. It happens. We build ourselves up. We replenish through the Spirit of God. But we have to ask Him for it. And then in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, it says this. Don't be unwise. All right? So I don't want to be unwise. I've been unwise. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, these numbers weren't in the original translation. This was all together. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. What is the will of God? To be filled with the Spirit. That word filled is, is a specific word. It's present, continuous, and it's tense. It means something that you do and do and do and do. You continually need to be filled with the Spirit of God.
You ask, but then you allow yourself to continue to be filled. Just like you drink water, and some of you don't, most of us are dehydrated to, to a degree. But as you drink water, you got to keep drinking water. You can't say, well, I had my glass of water for the month. Because it would really do damage to us. It would begin to shut down all our organs, our ability to think and process. Same thing with Holy Spirit. If we aren't continuously filled with the Spirit of God, He'll never leave you. But we need to be replenished in Him, continuing to have Him overflow us so that we'll operate at maximum potential and efficiency. Amen? Like every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe this information today was, was new or it's challenged what you've known. It would have done that to me many years ago. And I'm asking you, I'm, I'm really asking you if you would just take the time to go back and sometime today, not, not later this week, don't let it get that far off. Sometime today, go back and go over these scriptures. Read them for yourself. Read them, read them, read around them and see what, what God's word is saying because this is what he has for us. Whenever we don't receive what he has, we do without the best. And as you heard, it's not something he forces on you, just like salvation, but it's something that we need to recognize and receive. And I'm not going to pray for you because I don't know what it is you want to do about this. But I'm asking you to pray, to consider, to invite God to fill you with the Spirit, just like it says. God's a good God. If you ask Him for the Spirit, He's not going to give you something else. But then realize, if you've asked, you've asked in faith, and you begin by faith to take the, the action of praying in an unknown language. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Because it's unfamiliar. Is it worth it? Yes. Because of the benefits we see. God will direct us in how to pray with our understanding, but he'll also direct us in praying in the spirit if we'll let him. If not, we have just a limited way God can direct us to pray. If we open it up to being able to pray in tongues in an unknown language, the perfect will of God, then the limits are off. And you can pray for anyone, anywhere, anytime. The perfect will of God. And Father, I pray for every one of your children here. Lord, I just ask that you would make what your truth is real to each one of us. Help us all not want our will done, but want your will done. Your way, because your ways are higher than ours. You're wiser than we are, and we can't always comprehend or understand, but Father, we can always trust because we know always you're good. And Father, I thank you. I thank you for empowering us by the indwelling person of Holy Spirit, for him guiding us and helping us in what we need to know. And we thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?